You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, howdy doody, everyone. It is Alicia here. We've reached episode 319 of the Bride Chiller podcast. That's a lot of podcasts. Sometimes I think back and go, wow, I've been doing this a long time. I still have yet to run out of things to talk about. <laughs> I want to welcome everyone who is listening, new or old listeners, not your age, just the uh, length of time you've been tuning in to Bride Chiller. And uh also wanted to have a big shout out to everyone who has purchased a Bride Chiller guide so far. We are delighted with the response and thank you. Thank you. Every time we hear a little ding on the phone, Rich and I high five and have a little moment. So thank you for giving us that moment. Great show coming up today with lovely Casey from Revelry and Heart. She is a stationer. She's an invitation designer, a graphic designer, a very clever person and a fabulous guest. And she's also just signed up to be one of the very first Bride Chiller vendors in our vendor directory. Now, she didn't know this when she recorded this episode with me because we recorded it so very long ago before I went on my journeys overseas and uh, we had a bit of a backlog of a fabulous backlog of interviews that were going out but since then we've launched the Bride Chiller Vendor Directory Casey signed up immediately like literally she was one of the first people and it's great to have her on board and you will see here it's an audio thing not a visual thing podcasting you could imagine it you could see it in your own mind. You will hear her passion and enthusiasm for her craft. And it's a bit of a longer episode because we just kept talking and she had so much to say and so much to offer about invitations and stationery, thinking about visually how your wedding will look and feel and how you can incorporate all of those things, technical term Alicia, things into your stationery and that just doesn't mean invitations it also means signage and uh, you might have little fuck what are they called that's very professional seating charts hosted a wedding podcast for three years can't remember the word for seating charts who cares who cares sorry if you're wearing headphones it's very good if I do say so myself and I do before we kick off the interview I just wanted to say a big hello to Sammy who this week or last week, was announced as the winner of the Bride Chiller Beauty Pack. You may remember 58 years ago when I announced this competition for uh, our lovely pre-order packs for Bride Chiller Survival Guide, Field Guide, and the Tote, which you can still buy. It's very much available. But we said for the first bunch of people that were going to purchase, we were going to give away a beauty pack in a Bride Chiller Tote worth over $200. Sammy won it. And Sammy just happens to be, this is purely, I love the randomness of our Excel spreadsheet. Can't get my shit. I really need a coffee. Excel spreadsheet random winner generator. We downloaded it from the internet. You can Google it. It's amazing. Don't Google it. Who would, why would you Google that? Come on, Alicia. Anyway, it turns out Sammy is an Aussie living in Brighton in the United Kingdom. It's a beachside, air quotes, community. When I say beachside, it's a pebbly beach. So as an Australian, I don't actually call that a beach. However, sorry, Brighton people. If there are other Brighton people listening or anyone in the UK, the United Kingdom that lives anywhere near a coastal region that calls itself a beach, I don't quite qualify them as beaches. However, 
It's nice to be by the seaside. Side note, if you're listening to the Bridechiller podcast for the very first time, it's nice to have you here. I'm not on drugs, uh, just high on life. The funny thing at work the other day, I'm getting back to Sammy, prom, prom. I said prom instead of promise. Um, an IT guy. I'm a TV producer in the daytime, podcaster by night and every other minute. And I went to the IT room, the weird IT room where the IT people live. Because I had a computer problem. And I was friendly and polite and upbeat and talking a bit like I am now, a bit excited, had a lot to say. And he sort of watched me as I spoke. And I think also because I was nice and I was treating him like a human being. And I think sometimes people don't do that, it seems. Damaged, the IT people are. And he said, are you okay? (laughs) And some people would have been offended by that. But I think he was surprised by my outlook on life and enthusiasm. I think he might have thought I was on some sort of drug. But as I always say to Rich, when he sometimes gives me the stink eye, like, who have I married? I'm like, imagine marrying someone that's not me. Imagine if someone was a bit boring. It would make life a lot less interesting. And he agrees. He's not here to agree right now, but I know he does. Getting back to Sammy, she left me the most fabulous voice message that I absolutely could not not share with you. And I just think, just saying before I play it, her feelings about the Bride Chiller community and this wonderful community we've created, um, I, I totally agree with. It's a fantastic community, especially if you are planning a wedding from afar. Maybe you're not near people that you would like help from as you'll hear from Sammy she lives a long long way away from home and she's planning a destination wedding well a hometown wedding but she's planning it from afar and it's really great to hear her perspective of how much um, a like-minded community can really make you feel supported and even though we're not all in the same place it's just great to be able to jump on the Facebook find some people to talk to about something that you need help or jump on and help someone else It's freaking great. Take it away, Sammy. Hi, Alicia. Uh, This is Sammy Jones. Um, I literally just found out that I won the the beauty pack. Um, And, oh, my God, Alicia, thank you. Honestly, it's it's going to such a a loving home. I I will cherish this pack. In fact, I literally just ran out of my Pixie Glow Tonic. That shit is is life. Life in a bottle. I love it so much. And I was literally this morning, I'm not shitting you, literally this morning about to order some more. Um, and then I was running late for work and I couldn't order it in time. Um, so it's meant to be. I don't know. I'm by trade. I'm a I'm a apprentice pastry chef. Um, so I don't earn a lot of money. I'm on a strict budget. And all of these things are really going to help me so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't want this to turn into a big, long, you know, spiel, but this community, I'm fairly new to to Bride Chiller, um, you know, taking part in the Facebook group. And it's just been such a lifesaver. I'm from Australia, as you can tell from my accent. Um, Grew up in the Mornington Peninsula, south of Melbourne. And now I'm living in Brighton in the UK um, and I'm having to, we're, we're planning our wedding for back overseas next, early next year. And so planning a wedding in Australia from the UK has just been the biggest challenge 
and I haven't had gotten a lot done yet, but the community has been so helpful and supportive. I literally just posted today about my anxiety and how I'm feeling like everything's getting on top of me and I'm not making any decisions because I'm too afraid to make decisions. And everyone giving me advice is just wonderful. And, you know, we wouldn't have this community without you. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a happier bride for your podcast, honestly. And thank you. Thank Rich. Rich is awesome. I love seeing him uh, pop up on your live streams. Um, please say hello to Rich for me. You're both, you're both just such good value people. Honestly, as human beings, you are great value, you two. I'm just stoked and I wanted to say thank you. I, I love you. I love the Bride Chillers. And um, yeah, today is an absolutely a happy day. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Alicia. Bye. 10 points from Sammy for using the Australian, very Australian phrase, I'm not shitting you. No, I'm not shitting you, mate. Mate. I'm not shooting you. Love it. Miss it so much. Thank you, Sammy. And uh, I agree with you. As I said, the community is a fucking great place to be, full of wonderful people. And if you're not a wonderful person and you're in the community, you quickly learn it might not be the place for you. <laughs> Rightio, let's get to today's featured interview with the lovely Casey from Revelry and Heart. You will learn all about her and her business and so much more and helpful things, I think, for your invitations and also stationery. And just a little bit about her cool-ass vibe. There it is. Oh, the invitation game. It's a tricky one. And there are always questions in the Bride Chiller community about when to send them, how they should look, what the wording should be used, how many we should print extra. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. So today I thought instead of just making shit up as I usually do, spoiler alert, that's my whole career. I thought I would bring in an expert. She runs Revelry and Heart. Her name is Casey Kiprianu and she is a designer, a creative lady. She's blogged for Bride Chiller and she's going to answer a lot of questions that I don't know the answer to. Welcome, Casey. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. You're a longtime friend of the podcast and uh, you, as I said, you've blogged for us. You've got gorgeous designs and I feel like we can at least hone in on some of the answers to these questions, which I know are very sort of in the ether. There are no right answers to any of the questions that I sure. led the open the show with, but I think at least we can provide some guidance. Um, so thank you so much. And I thought we should kick off with a little bit of your background and also a bit of your ethos, because I know Reverie and Hearts very well connected to Bride Chiller in, in, in how you work and what you design. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So um, basically, I started Revelry and Heart after five or six years of designing freelance. Um, I came from a background of stationary design. It was my first job out of undergrad, and I just sort of fell in love with the whole process of setting up this expectation, I guess, or a little teaser of what the event is going to look like through the paper that um, introduces it. So I was excited to kind of jump off of that when I um, went out on my own and just sort of really, really dive into the 
personal aspect of um, invitation and stationary design. And instead of fitting any sort of etiquette or um, expectations of wedding paper, I just kind of went and said, hey, let's focus on the couple that's Mm -hmm. getting married and make it really personal. Um, I do come from sort of a marketing and branding background, which is a lot of where I get my sort of inspiration from, because when you're doing a branding or marketing, you're you're thinking about the company or you're thinking about the person and sort of bringing that into a, you know, an artistic expression of themselves. So I just kind of flipped the script and sort of started doing that with stationery and decided to do it even bigger by doing it, um, on things that are unexpected in terms of mediums. So like wood invitations or acrylic invitations and just really kind of shattering all the walls of what, what it should look like or what you expect it to look like and just really make something fun. Oh, I love it. And I also think that you going back to, I love that you're talking about texture and thinking outside the box and just printing it on some paper, which is absolutely fine. But also I think people don't necessarily even consider that there are other mixed media or plastic. And, um, you know, I, I just think there's so many opportunities, cork, I love cork. And and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be expensive either when you're starting to play around with some of these different textures. So that's exciting. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are are kind of glued into this idea that they should um you know print a certain number of out of paper invitations and that that should be it but mm-hmm. when you really start to think about how the invitation is the first impression of the event that you're throwing sometimes you can roll something in there that really hypes people up um i know when i get mail and i get invitations to things obviously invitations come amongst you know piles of junk mail advertisements and coupons and car dealerships telling you your mileage and that you have to have your car service <laughs> sort of thing. So uh, I, when I get an invitation and I can see that, you know, there's some some envelope that looks like there was care and personal touch put into it. I'm like, ooh, this is this is for me. You know, yes. this is for somebody who cares about me and I get to experience this. So it's more about the experience. Um, and you can play with all, like you said, all different sorts of mediums to get different sort of experiences and set up this, I don't know, just this sort of excitement of what's to come in, in a wedding or any kind of event. So it's really fun to play with that. I, I mean, I get to send people happy mail. How how awesome is oh, that? happy mail. And it's true. I was just thinking just then about what I've received in the post this week. And granted, Rich and I don't get many personal things because we live in another country far away from people. But when we do, I get so excited. Things that aren't don't have like a plastic uh, window that say, give me your money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, right. <laughs> you know, so when you do see a card and I've had, I've been very lucky that people have, um, bride chillers have contacted Erica saying, I'm not being weird, but can I have Alicia's address? And we've had some gorgeous cards and wedding invitations mm-hmm. from our community. And I'm so chuffed when they arrive, but you're right. As soon as you open the envelope, it creates a, a feeling, an image of what this event that you're going to attend And what interests me is sometimes people feel very much that they need to stick with the swirly writing and that you are quarterly invited to blah, blah, blah. And then they're having a beach wedding or they're having a hoedown or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't understand if you not, I don't want to say waste that opportunity, but if you're doing this sort of classic, uh, quite conservative invitation and you're going to have this crazy party, it can give a different impression of what the event's going to be how do we marry all of our ideas and this is a big question for you Casey but then 
avoid having to do the trad thing if you don't want to do it? How do you give yourself right. permission to step outside and actually create a lovely vision that will tell the tell a story of what your event's going to be? So my whole philosophy behind Revelry and Heart is that we follow hearts, not trends. So anything that's going on with either the Pantone color of the year or the dress style that's, you know, being promoted by the other wedding blogs out there, it can it can go to hell in my opinion. (laughs) But um, so basically, we we really just we design um, invitations around the event that you're planning and around you as a couple. So um, when people come to me and they say, well, I don't have a theme, I don't really know this is this is what we're doing. This is what I have planned so far. I'm like, that's okay. I'm sort of here to kind of put it all together. Because as you as you develop this I don't want to say brand, but that's essentially the idea behind it, that you're coming up with a cohesive sort of idea behind your wedding. It really just helps everything kind of fall into place. So like you said, if you to setting up the guests um, sort of idea of what the event is going to look like, if you're not having a formal um, you know, country club sort of wedding, then you shouldn't go the traditional route. Mm-hmm. If you're having a beach wedding, maybe we do something that looks like sea glass um, or um, a, a fun shape or, uh, you know, a, you can even laser engrave some seashells. I mean, you can do some awesome, awesome things mm-hmm. where it's going to set the precedent is as soon as you open the parcel that it's going to be something, oh, like this is, first of all, we want it to reflect you, right? So the whole idea behind the studio is that you open it up and you're like, oh, God, gosh, this is so Mike and Casey when you open it up, or um, this is so Alicia and Rich and they would so do something like Mm. this. That's the, that's the sort of feeling we want to convey. We want it to be very personal. So I've come up with some random, random themes, air quotes around that, that are canine bohemian chic, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I want to go to that wedding. um, Flowers. Mm -hmm. It's flowers and watercolor puppies all over the (laughs) invitation suite. So, I mean, it really doesn't have to fit a certain theme that might already exist, but it should reflect what you're planning. And we can, we can make the invitation suite fit you as opposed to you trying to fit into one of the invitation suite designs that exist. So tell me if, uh, obviously you, you work, anyone could contact you and get you, this is the beautiful thing about technology. You could be anywhere in the world and talk to Casey, but some of our bride right. chillers and groom chillers maybe want to DIY or they want to buy off Etsy or they want to do their own stuff. Who knows? Let's talk a little bit about the process of working with a designer versus getting on Canva or Photoshop and doing it yourself. And yes, some people may have skills to pay the bills and do it themselves. But let's go through the the pros and cons and also the advantages of of working with the designer versus maybe buying a a stock um, off Etsy. Because I know you can buy designs and tweak them yourself, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the biggest difference is that we establish something for you to carry from your wedding throughout the rest of your life. First of all, we're going to establish a relationship because I meet with couples from the very, very beginnings of their engagement through the rest of their lives. I mean, I design save the dates and then I design invitations and then I decide thank you cards. And then um, if they decide to have children, there's baby announcements or there's holiday cards. If you send holiday cards every year, if you move and you need to change a dress card, I mean, it can go on and on forever, you know, so we have that relationship. 
But I think the biggest difference between buying, well, there's a couple differences, but one of the biggest differences between buying a pre-made design or a semi-custom design versus having something designed for you is that having something designed for you is always going to ring true for you for the next hundred years. Um, One of the challenges that um, anybody who's getting married faces is that they might really love rose gold right now, like we all do, but in 10, 15 years, is rose gold going to be the brass of the 80s mm-hmm. and home decor yeah. you know what I mean where it's going to be oh that was very 2018 <laughs> or whenever that trend was so I think that by developing something that's personal to you um I mean I'm designing a, a suite right now for uh, a friend of mine who's a dentist and she wants to hide a little hidden tooth <laughs> in there somewhere because that's important to her and she, she'll always notice that you know it might not be super obvious to the guests but it'll always just be a little element of herself in her stationary suite <laughs> Um, and then when you're buying a pre-made design or a semi-custom design, you know, you don't really have that experience. You don't have the ability to personalize it as much as you could. You're also faced with challenges of, um, all of the work that goes into putting all of these elements together. A lot of, a lot of couples don't realize that, you know, addressing all the envelopes or making sure that you're getting the right amount of postage or, um, alternatives to printing envelopes or alternatives to, Um, the way to word it are are all things that you're going to get with an experienced stationary designer versus, you know, click here and type in your own message for us to print 200 or 250. And those are your quantity choices of online printing companies. So, I mean, custom is the, I always say custom invitations are like the world is open to you. You want to order 77 invitations from me, go for it. You don't have to fit any sort of increment. Um, You want them to say whatever you want. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to offer advice on how to word tricky things. Like if children are invited to the wedding, that sort of thing. And that's, that's the sort of relationship aspect again, that you're getting with a, with a professional versus trying to figure it all out and navigate it all yourself. I do like that idea that you are there to to uh, help with the wording because I know that that can be really tricky and and also the wording as well as the design the wording in the invitation also sets the tone of the the day I think if it's casual you can really have fun and play around with the way that you uh, give information and then also if you are having a black tie event you want the wording to sound like this very. You know, <laughs> <laughs> read in that accent exactly i love I it would all the voiceovers so we open the card and it's like hello <laughs> welcome to my black tie event this is how everyone will sound no but i mean you know i i think going back to that idea of having the swirly riding and then having a you know a cabana beach party it it doesn't you don't have to use all the big old school yieldy words and there are some really fun ways to say i think on our on our invitation we just said dress snazzy you know like i think you can put in some mm-hmm personality into your writing but some people are a bit scared of going I don't want to offend people I don't know the right thing to do and actually as you said to have a designer and someone that's willing to give a bit of input can really help you make a decision which we all need help sometimes. Coming up after the break, Casey and I continue our conversation and we explore the world of textures. You don't just have to print on paper. There are lots of alternative materials you can use in your wedding and stationery design that aren't super expensive but can look pretty impressive when people aren't expecting to receive an envelope that contains wood or plastic. We also talk a little bit about getting along with vendors and also allowing them to do their job, not micromanaging, being able to step back and say, I give you permission to be creative and do a wonderful job. 
And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're just letting them go rogue and do some sort of modern art experiment piece for your wedding, but it doesn't mean you have to go pouring over every single fucking minutia of their work. Ah, oh, very positive, Alicia. Also, final note before we go to the break, if you have a question for an upcoming Q&A episode, please do get in touch, thebridechiller.com. Leave me a voice message and I'll solve your problems. Tell me a little bit about your inspiration as a creative person. You've mentioned some really fun ideas. I love the teeth in the picture. I love the teeth in the illustrations. Uh, I love you talking about different textures. You know, I think a lot of people don't consider that you can print on different um, textures. And uh, Rich is an architect in the day. In the day, he's an architect all the time. He doesn't stop being an architect. He works at a very... um, a very modern architecture firm and they have some of the most amazing printers I've ever seen. They 3D print, they print on plastic, they print on metal. They do uh, lots of like concrete printing, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it really, whenever I go there and visit, it opens my eyes to what you can do and you don't have to be involved in a huge architecture firm to make that happen. Can you can you talk me through some of the crazy textures and things that you've included in your designs over the past couple of years? Sure. So I think that when I got into stationery, you know, I worked in a very um, professional, um, formal invitation stationery studio, and I didn't get to play around with the things that I get to play around with now. Yeah, it was, well, it was honestly, it was good because it, it introduced me to how it's done in the traditional way. And I was like, let's take this and flip it on its head, you know? So I was able to get into, um, and see firsthand the different textures of the different printing methods between engraving and letter pressing and thermography, which is the raised ink you can feel. And so I got all of these high end finishes, but I was like, but I bet we could do this on other, other things. So, um, I got into the wood and I got, and my invitations were on wood. So we got into laser engraving and all of the magical things you can do with that and all of the different textures and character that come out of a piece of wood you know wood is great for people who love um little idiosyncrasies and little characteristic differences between pieces to pieces so they're not all direct copies of each other little knots and grooves and things like that I could talk all day about texture um (laughs) and then you have you have, I mean, you've got acrylic, which is a world, world, world of man-made material where you could have things that look like metal. You can have things that look like stone. There's this mm. beautiful acrylic that looks like marble that you could engrave. Um, I do tile invitations. Ooh. So you've got, you know, you know, this beautiful, like weighty sort of invite that you would mail in a box and just totally blow people away if that were to arrive on their doorstep. Okay. So you just kind of play with the different... Um, all of the different sort of experiences that you can have based off of the medium that you're using. But even in the world of paper, if you think about, you know, watercolor paper and how it's got sort of that, like, um, you know, that rocky surface versus like a smooth sheet of like copy paper that comes out of your printer, you can provide a tactile experience through paper as well. Um, you can do hand deckling on the edges where it's where it looks like it's, um, you know, it's sort of like uh, handmade paper. It's got the uneven edges, so it's not smooth. Or if you wanted to go the opposite route and you wanted to do a more modern geometric do, um, sort of feel, you could do like um, angled corners and um, like 
polygon shapes and things mm-hmm. like that. So you can really just play with the texture of paper. And then you can also play with the texture of different mediums. I mean, it, I'm all about providing a tactile experience. I love texture. I love all of the little characteristics in, um, just different mediums. So I love to play with texture. It's like if somebody comes to me and they're like, I really want to, um, convey this sort of feeling I'm like okay you're you're my kind of couple let's let's get to talking you know <laughs> I, I think that's a good uh, bit of advice as well about if you're working with any creative person and we go back to this over and over again with the fact that when you're planning a wedding and no matter whose money you're spending hopefully you have value in that budget and finding people that you can trust to do what you ask them to do, but also not micromanage them to the point that they are not being creative anymore. And I think once you relinquish a little bit of that, um, uh, I don't know, not power, it's the wrong word, but you, you let them do what they do you can really come up mm-hmm. with some amazing results. And I think that's, it's really exciting to go away, to give a, to talk to a designer, whether it be an invitation, uh, stationary designer or a florist and say, you know, I'll come back in a week mm-hmm. and they come up with these amazing designs. You're like, man, I could never have thought of that on my own. You guys are so clever. So that's part of the process, isn't it? Just letting, letting people. Absolutely. And my whole process too, is that relationship building. So we are going step by step. I'm learning about um, your different style, your different needs, your different Mm -hmm. wants, and sort of building the design or the suite to that. Um, And I think that people, people often hesitate to, and I know I did to, to, um, like you said, relinquish some of the the power or not delegate out Mm. during your wedding planning process. And (laughs) yeah. And you know, the challenge because you know this is this is your baby you know you you're we want everything to be perfect you want everything to do look exactly the way yeah. you want it to but at the same time um you have to understand that you know you hired this person because you love what they yeah. do um but i think that uh, through my process i make it very much a process that um my couples and I really work together throughout the whole process. I don't want to say it's handholding, but I'm right there by your side the whole way. So you're not saying, here, Casey, run off and do this. And I'm not saying, hey, Chilla, go and do this before I can do sure. anything. You know, it's it's very much a back and forth relationship conversation, I guess you could say, throughout the whole design process. Let's talk a little bit about timelines, because this is a very common conversation that I'm seeing in the Bride Chilla community. And I am a big advocate of going, look, there are no, it used to be the etiquette. People were like, well, you have to send invitations but eight weeks before. And you're like, well, that doesn't work for everyone's situation. And also I personally, as a guest would like more than eight weeks notice about having to travel somewhere. So it's, it's obviously mm-hmm. very flexible um, and going to your personal situation. But let's talk from your perspective of when someone approaches you and says, look, we're getting married in October. When should we start designing these things? What information should we be, you know, planning to put in our initial invitation or save the date? We haven't even talked about save the dates. And when should I send these Mm -hmm. things to make sure people turn up? Um, I think I'm a big advocate of save the dates. And that's because just today in our modern society, we've got people, I mean, look at us right now, we're talking across oceans. You know, you've got people that live all over the world. My friends live all over the United States. I've got some abroad. So um, big fan of save the dates just to give people an adequate uh, amount of time to plan a trip, even if it's, you know, even if it's a four hour drive, you still have to set aside that weekend and mm. make sure. Um, 
I say save the dates. Usually I say about a year out. You don't want to do them more than that because then it gets confusing as to, wait, this October or next October. So you want to make sure that you've hit that right timeline. You can do them anywhere between, I would say, six to 12 months before. Um, Any any tighter than six months, you might as well send out your invitation a little bit early. So that would be the timeline, I would say, for that. And then for invitations, um, I always say that you want to have your RSVPs back a month before mm-hmm. your wedding date, and you want to mail them at least four to six weeks Good. before that. So you're thinking probably eight to 12 weeks before the wedding, you want to be sending out the invitations. Right. And that gives you enough time, too, to get your RSVPs back and make all your seating arrangements and hound anybody because that's going to be a thing that you're going to have to do to get a response for the people Absolutely. who didn't respond that sort of thing yeah, and get ready for that what are you what is your advice with um rsvps how quickly should people start to quote-unquote hound them and say hey did you get my invitation do you think you'll be coming to my wedding what are you gonna <laughs> do with yourself why can't you respond what's your problem uh, yeah, it's it's the part where you're also, you know, you're you're within a month of your wedding or maybe two months of your wedding and you're at that point where everything's starting to compound. So you might be at risk of losing your chill up, <laughs> you know, but it does really because you have spent all of this time, all of this energy um, to get things out to people. And it just seems like pulling teeth again, no pun intended there to, uh, get, get people to respond. I always say you want to make it as easy as possible for the guests. So you really have to know your audience. If you have, um, if you have a lot of younger people that you're inviting, maybe an online RSVP is better for you. If you have a mixture of older family members and younger friends, maybe you want to do an an online and a printed one. But anytime you do any sort of printed um, RSVP, you want to make sure that you include, include the postage. And I know that a lot of people will try to like waver on that to save some money, but it's so much, it's worth the 50 cents for a two ounce envelope than the the stress of oh um, I'm I meant to get it to you but I haven't gone to the post office to get a stamp you know it's just it makes it so much easier on you to include it for them um, so that you get it back in as they don't have any yeah. excuses at that point um, I know when I get them I drop them within the mail within 24 hours because I don't want to be yeah. that person yeah. for my friends um, and I always say to you like. The one exception to that rule is international, just because, of course, you want to know, you know, or you will have your stationer figure out how much postage it is to send the invitation there. But in order to get the RSVP back, usually, it's not really frowned upon um, for the guest to figure out the postage to get that RSVP card back to you if it's a printed one. So that is the one exception to that rule. Um, but I would say for how- hounding people, mm. <laughs> stalking people, whatever friendly term you want to use, um, that's why you set your RSVP date uh, at least four weeks before your wedding so that when that date does come, you can say, hey, my RSVPs were due back yesterday. Just want to know if yours was in the mail. Or And then I know here in the States, you can see when they dropped it in the mail, <laughs> when it's postmarked. So if they did that afterwards, you could be like, aha, I, I knew you. you said it. you hadn't sent it yet. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But also, the other thing, too, is you want to make sure that um, – and you can do this invisibly or I just – I didn't have any care in the world. I used a regular marker. But you yes, number your point. RSVPs. Um, I think it's, it's just – it makes it so much easier for you because a lot of people – 
don't realize they'll write you this adorable message and say yes, but they've forgotten to write their name on the on the card and not realizing that when it gets back to you, you're receiving 20 of the same card in the mail that day and you don't know who wrote this adorable card. I've been known to go to social media with pictures of RSVPs and say, who is this? Who is this, <laughs> who is this person that didn't realize they did put their name and, and, and some sort of identifying uh, symbol on this document? We're not yeah. mind readers. And actually, someone in the – you just mentioned before – People um, have been very clever with using invisible ink. I've noticed that. That seems I've mm-hmm. never, I'd never even considered that. Again, I'm not offended by seeing a number on, or you could use, you know, someone else was saying they just did little numbers on the corner on, on the other side of the card. So at least you know if you use the chorus, you, you create a lovely little spreadsheet and have put a number on it for Jack and Sue, and then you know that number 22 is Jack and Sue, and they've returned their thing even if dummy Jack and Sue didn't put their names on it. I've I've come up with a pretty pretty covert little spy spy situations too where I've done like A A and then A B and you don't have to do numbers oh. so sometimes people are very sensitive to their numbers oh so you God. can kind of mix it up draw kidding? little icons I mean people, it doesn't hang on <laughs> let's just go back so they're sensitive to number because fucking people are crazy and they're like why am I number seventy eight why not number two <laughs> or one fuck off right oh my God Katie I just I just want to say to people what. What are you worried about? How insecure are you if you're number 78? It doesn't mean you're number 78 in the friendship line. And if you are, maybe it's because you worry about being number 78 because you're an idiot. Um, Good points. And good points about making sure that you keep track of things. Also, can I just add in, if you are doing online only, absolutely fine. Because also, you can use a designer for that as well. doesn't mean, you, you know, you don't have to do it yourself. But if you're combining online and like old people love a bit of a physical item and lots of uh, designers you can just simply print the number of actual physical uh, invitations and save the dates you want to send out and do the rest online that's fine but make sure when you're doing collating uh, physical invitations and online invitations that you do collate them in one place because that can get quite conf- yeah and so what I do too is all of my couples we we go through I have a spreadsheet that I send to all of them when it comes time for us to um, address and just keep track of their invitations and so each line is literally a, a family that's getting an invitation you're able to just go back into your spreadsheet and mark you know completed or I've received their right. RSVP and just kind of keep that's, track of it in that way it makes it makes yeah, it much that, easier it, to track also, you know having that master document and so many um you know I know Zola and with Joy and lots of different different companies are doing RSVP lists attached to wedding registries and you know you can make it for free in Trello if you wanted to yeah, there's so many different options but just make sure that mm-hmm. um, whatever you create you, you've got a good spreadsheet that's just one document that you can mark off your thank you cards and you can mark off RSVPs and you can mark off if they uh, I don't know gluten-free or whatever the fuck they are but you, you know put it in one place Put it in one place right. and you have 50 documents. I just think keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, great, Casey. This is going very well. We're pumping out the information. I hope everyone's keeping up. Tell me a little bit about some of the common wording errors or wording finicky things that you are seeing uh, that are happening. Are they are people evolving past using formalities or do you think people are still very conservative when it comes to the wording? Well, I think the only – there's a couple of things that catch my eye um, that I see that are not necessarily wrong but are just unnecessary. 
So um, I see a lot of a lot of invitations out there. Um, when you do the or the name and the address, or depending on where, if you're getting married, um, if you have your ceremony and your reception space. So your ceremony is what traditionally goes on the invitation because you're inviting your guests to your wedding. You're not technically inviting them to the party. So keep that in mind. Um, a lot of people too will, and I made this mistake myself and I, um, designed my invitations, but I did reception to follow. And because I was getting married at a, church technically reception wasn't following right. at the Good church point. we were going somewhere else <laughs> so you have to kind of be tricky with that because that at that point you would have the reception information somewhere else so it wouldn't say reception to follow because that would right. assume that you're having the reception at the same place as the ceremony and i don't think that my priest would have been very appreciative of the type of party that we had <laughs> at the church um so, and then there's things like you don't need a zip code on an invitation. Um, zip codes are reserved for envelopes. They're literally for postage use or for um, delivery of postage only. So you don't need to say that, you know, the Elk Lodge is having your reception at 123 Main Street, any town USA, and then 12345. You don't need a zip code there because nobody's right. mailing anything to the actual venue. Um, so that's something to watch out for. But really, I would say in terms of wording mistakes, it's just a matter of, again, gauging your audience, knowing your type of party. You don't want to have really formal writing on a very casual invitation, and you don't want to have really casual writing on a really formal invitation. Um, Things like, I mean, you could go on all day. There's things like the honor of your presence is reserved for religious establishment ceremonies where the... um, the celebration of our marriage is something that's more reserved for a, a venue that's not has that has no religious affiliation. So you could get really nitpicky with it, but again, unless you're sending it to somebody who's, and this is, unless you're trying to be traditional and sticking to those traditional formalities, then you don't really need to worry about that because wedding invitations have come so far, especially the type of invitations we make, um, that those formalities don't really apply just because we're doing something. Yeah. That's totally non-traditional. <laughs> so, I mean, they're really, I've had yeah. dogs invite people to weddings. I've had children um, invite people to their parents' weddings, things like that. So we don't really, we don't really have wording no-nos, except for the fact that you, sometimes you might be including information that might not even be um, necessary. When it comes to what you must include on an invitation, and this is just more logistical, logistical stuff. This is not about stylistic information what are the sort of three or four things I remember you in the blog you sort of said that there are some things you just have to do um in order to make sure that people actually will turn up somewhere give us Mm -hmm. the give us just the the basics just in case because some of these things people go oh fuck I forgot to put that on there or you know it it can be like something so obvious it's like my whole life I I look at the screen and go why didn't I write that there's no date on it or Mm. whatever so what are some of the things that we need to include um, name, which would be your first name and your last name. And I think that people sometimes, especially if they've, you know, kind of gone away from the formal writing, yeah. um, people forget to put last name. So it used to, or not, it used to be, it still is, but traditionally it's, you know, Mr. and Mrs. David Smith invite you to the wedding of their daughter, Jane Smith. And so therefore the, the name is on it. It's obvious Jane Smith is the one getting married, yeah. but now it's, you know, we invite you to celebrate Jane and Nick getting married. And you're like, 
who the hell is Jane and Nick sometimes, yeah. you know, or if you're, if your parents are sending one to their friend and they know that your daughter, the daughter's name is Jane, but they don't know who it came from because on the envelope, it doesn't have a last name. So just remember to make sure to include a last name. Sometimes that's a, that's an overlooked detail. Um, I, but really you need your name, you need your date time. And then if the time I don't know anybody that gets married at seven o'clock in the morning, but um, make sure that you specify the time of day. Um, there's there's weddings that happen at odd times sometimes. So I don't, like I said, I don't know anybody that gets married at seven o'clock in the morning, but if you are, make sure you put in the, in the morning. Um, so names, date, time, and place, really where you want people to show yeah. up. As long as people have those four details, that's that's the bare bones of what you need in wedding wording invitation or wedding invitation wording. That's great. And, and also, as you sort of said, I think that it's just a matter of sticking with your tone. And if you want to go super cash, go super cash. And if your parents aren't paying for it, you don't have to put them on the, you know, there's lots of different little things that I suppose we could go hard, hardcore deep into the details behind. But I think it's really just bride chiller, trusting your instincts and uh, also making it match with the event that you're planning, really. Uh, yeah. And it's a great, great time to reach out to somebody who's got experience in that area. You know, like I design invitations for a living. You know, I've done with a lot of non-traditional families. I've done with traditional, I've dealt with traditional families. And it's basically, let me work with you to define the wording that that works for your situation because everybody's got a different situation and there's no blanket rule that's going to apply for everybody except for the name date yeah. place and time yeah. so right. and and that's all I think as you said working with a, a professional to get advice looking at um considering different textures and styles and really enjoying the experience of creating this sort of first impression for your party which is what you're doing it's fantastic yeah and a lot of a lot of times I'll get you know um well invitations aren't really that important they just go in the garbage and I say well food I guess isn't that important because we all know where that Mm. ends up you know (laughs) but I think it's it's about it's about that experience that you are you're creating for people whether that's good food great music um the excitement of getting the invitation and getting somebody to text you or email you or send you a picture saying like I got it I'm so excited this is so gonna be so fun like that's the sort of experience that I I strive to create when I when I create um wedding invitations for and I like couples. that you just said earlier on you're like let's have a long-term experience together and it, you don't have to mm-hmm. be a real housewife to have your own stationer <laughs> no no absolutely not and I think that you know having a personal designer for your whole life I mean I've got couples that come back to me for everything you could think of like from things from just a simple oh I need a stamp because we've moved and our address has changed and I'd like to have you know a stamp that I can stamp on the back of my envelope so I don't have to write the address every time things like that I mean you have I'm creating mermaid birthday invitations for one of my brides that got married a couple years ago for her daughter things like that where even if it's or gifts around the holidays I mean I've done art prints for people there's just so many things that if you really think about it you could customize and personalize that you have a resource for that for the rest of your life. So I, I mean, I love people who I work with. They really become my friends. They become my family. And I think that that is something that I treasure very, very dearly. Um, and I just get to follow these people throughout our, my life, their life, and as our lives change and throughout the different celebrations that we can create something awesome for them. That's nice. And I think everyone should find someone as passionate as Casey is about 
uh, her design work and find vendors that that love their job as much as you do because I think that really shows and your work is fabulous and I'm really happy that we get to share this time together. Casey, let's talk about where people can get in touch with you and see some of your amazing designs. And also, can I just say, I've caught some of your Facebook lives and they're great and so informative. <laughs> so people should definitely, um, which we will link to in today's show notes, follow Casey's Facebook page, Revelry and Heart. is It's Revelry and Heart. Uh, terrible accent, but Revelry and Heart, uh, as I'm saying it. My Australian accent, Revelry and Heart. You should definitely log on and watch some of her Facebook lives because you give away a lot of information, but you just fabulous to watch as well. Thank you so much. I, I really do enjoy, um, I call my Facebook lives, the wedding wind down yes. and I just drink wine and talk to, um, brides and grooms who have questions around planning their weddings, who maybe just want to complain that week about their weddings. Like it's all fair, fun and games in, in the wedding wind down. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, so I do go live on my Facebook every Thursday at eight Eastern standard time in the U S um, I also, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Revelry and Heart on Instagram. Um, my website is revelryandheart.com, but I also have badassinvites.com, which I just bought. I'm very excited about. Oh my God, now um, I want to Google it straight away. Yes, yeah, so that's me now too. So um, just to just sort of try to put myself out there as much as possible. I'm on all the, you know, the listing sites for weddings as well. But I, I do prefer that people reach out to me directly because, you know, we can just get to starting, start to chat right away as opposed to me going through contact forms and everything else. Like yeah. shoot me a friend request on Facebook. I'm, I'm open to that. You know, I'm a human being. I love talking to other human beings, so I'm fine with it. This is very good. She is a human being. She's a solid a A one A ten A plus human being revelry and heart dot com is where you'll find all the information. Casey, thank you so much for being such a lovely member of our community, and uh, I'm sure if anyone has any questions, they will get in touch. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much, and I thank must you. say, happy days. The Bridechiller Podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day. 